Today on the Andy Chen Talk Show, we have Bobby Tonelli. Now, Bobby Tonelli is an Italian-American that has been working in Singapore as an actor, DJ, uh, presenter for the past 10 years. We became really close friends about 9 years ago when we were on set of Fighting Spiders. Um, today, we talk about many different projects that he, uh, that he has been doing internationally and locally. Uh, we also spend quite a bit of time talking about foreign talents, uh, the issues that we Singaporeans have with them, and the problems that they face working here as foreigners. Before we begin, I want to say a big thank you to Hone Singapore for sponsoring our location. Enjoy. All right. Okay. Bobby! Okay, let's begin. Okay. <laughs> okay, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners first? Okay. Hey everyone, I'm Bobby Tinelli. Um, I'm Ang Mo. Obviously. <laughs> no shit. Yeah, yeah, really no shit. Uh, I've been in Singapore for about 10 years. I've done, uh, for those who haven't seen me on TV, I've done TV, Channel 5, Channel 8, uh, Surya. I uh, did radio for 95, uh, Class 95, 987. And uh, now currently the host of Celebrity Car Wars on History Channel Asia. So that's me in the nutshell for the business side of it. So you are like a actor presenter. Yeah, more of an actor presenter now. Was first an actor, now I sort of got the presenting side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you have kind of shifted there. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, let's start from the very beginning. The like, very beginning. How, yeah. I mean, you're obviously not born and bred here. So no. Tell us a bit about like how you... Yeah, first, yeah, how do you... first time I came to Singapore was in 1997. Mm-hmm. What were you, how old were you back then? I was not born, <laughs> no. I was born. Actually, I was like... I think I was tw- 12, yeah. 12, yeah. 12, yeah. I'm, yeah, because I'm 10 years older than you. Are you 10, 10, 10, 10 years old? 42, yeah. Yeah, 42. This year. So, uh, You're 42 this year? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I... Can't tell, fuck. <laughs> it's the lighting. You guys know, did a very good job of the lighting, by the way. Um, no, I came here as the first time out of America, actually. I came to model because mm-hmm. I played baseball in school. Then I tore my rotator cuff because I was a pitcher, so I couldn't really pitch professionally or to that level anymore. So... Oh. For those who don't know, okay. pitching, it's baseball. Yeah, baseball, by the way. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. That's the American in me. I played baseball yeah. uh, most of my life, and then yeah. I went to university. Well, I tore my rotator cuff in high school, tried to go to university to rehab it back. didn't work out. So anyway, I... So you're actually going to be a, like a professional yeah, baseball player? Like that was a, my dream, man. That was my dream as a kid. It was... I had that? a couple of major league teams scouting me in high school. Oh. Um, yeah, it was a serious thing for me. It was really, really serious. Uh... And then my senior year in high school, uh, I tore my rotator cuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, on your left, left, left side? Yeah, your left, yeah, left hand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, basically, for those who don't know, as a pitcher, your rotator cuff kind of holds, <laughs> it's the four tendons that hold your shoulder together. So if, one, if that, something tears in there, that's pretty much the end of it. Yeah. So uh, I went through about a few months of rehab. I went to school, and uh, you know the scout said, "Hey, we'll keep an eye on you, see how you you recuperate, and if you do well enough, then we'll obviously you know look at you." Um, didn't turn out as planned. So okay. my dream, ever since I was four years old, was crushed. Oh no! Crushed. And you were how old were you then? Seventeen. Eight, uh, 18? 18, 18. Eighteen. Right. It was crushed. So. So I, the next step was uh, pros already from. Well, from I mean, it was college, university, college, and college, then pros, obviously, because yeah, if you get drafted, then you go right. into. the to the minor leagues oh and then hopefully to the major leagues. Right. Uh, so I was like, wow, what do I do with my life now? Because this was my life. 
every year of my life was baseball from summer, winter, summer, winter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was it. Six days a week, man. Throwing a ball. Throwing a baseball, hitting a baseball, running, everything. Practice. Oh, but for, as a pitcher, you don't need to bat, right? Um, for fun, right? I, I mean, like, you, for training. Yeah, I mean, when you're in the, the younger leagues, you do. Because, of right. course, you know, when you're getting to the majors or so forth, then they have designated hitters. But you can still hit as well. But right. they prefer you to concentrate just solely right. on pitching. Right, right, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't know what to do with my life then. I was like, shit, what do I do? It's not so bad because you're only 18. No, right? it's only 18, but when, you, when this is your dream since know, you I was know. four years old. But imagine if you had, like, the injury when you were, like, 26 or, like, oh, 24. Man. That would be... It's even worse. Even I mean, worse. think positive, right? Yeah, yeah, like, of course, halfway of into your career and then you're like... Yeah, I know, exactly. But I, it, was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a humbling moment in my life. And then I was like, well, I always liked theater because I was always kind of doing little theater projects on the side or, you know, uh, things like that. So I thought, why don't I try acting? And I was actually, at the time, I was living in this place called Huntington Beach, which is in Southern California. I lived upstairs. Below me was this guy who used to play NFL football, Mm -hmm. American football, but he retired and he's doing a lot of commercials and acting. Uh, And he said, hey, man, you know, get into classes, do some stuff. So he's like, you got a good look. But at the time, I never thought about any of this. It was just a baseball player. So... I started taking classes. I started learning, and mm-hmm. then I'm like, "What am I going to do for money?" Because my parents are like, "Hey, we're not paying for your paying for you to just to hang out. Yeah. Like, you got to get a job now. If you're not playing baseball, you got to get a job." So, uh, I ended up um, doing telemarketing, waiting tables, all oh, this stuff, like everything, everything, just trying, so, to, just, just trying to make money, right? When you're 18, I, uh, it's like. American culture to kind of move out of your family's, mm-hmm. like your parents' yeah. place when you're 18, right? Because at this point in time, right, just to kind of backtrack, I left Las Vegas where I'm from at 18, and I moved to California to go to cool, school. Right. And so I was on my own at this oh, time, basically. Already my parents helped me with the rent and with some bills, but that was because I was doing baseball full-time in college. Right. But when the baseball stopped, they're like, look, you know, I mean, we know you can't play anymore, but now it's time for you to get a job to help out. We'll help you out a little bit, but you need to still, you know... So exactly. So I was telemark. I was doing whatever I could, and then someone said, uh, "Try the acting." So I started taking lessons, and then I remember a buddy of mine was like, "Do you want you to try modeling?" And I'm like, "What the modeling? Like really seriously, me? Because I'd never thought of myself this way at all." Right. To be honest with you, I uh, when I was in college, I was 94, 95 kg. So I was okay. a big boy. I was a right. big guy, right? Because. I just ate McDonald's and burgers and drank beer and I played baseball. That's all I did. Okay. You know, so you're not I, in good shape. I was. I mean, I lifted a lot of weights, but I was not like in shape. I, I look very different than I was today. Uh, and so I was like, okay. I mean, like, can I make money at it? They're like, yeah. And you know what I thought about how I make money? Because they said I could actually be the, one of the perfume guys in the mall giving away perfume. Because right. in America, you can make 250 bucks a day doing something like that. Yeah, it's not bad cash. Okay. So I thought, okay, why not? Uh, you have to be like a hot guy to give out the perfume. Yeah, you got to be good looking okay. something. So I went and saw a modeling agent. Like Abercrombie agent. and Fish, like an Abercrombie guy. Well, yeah, my, with the shirt on, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I met an agent. He's like, you got to lose about 20 pounds, which is about 10 kilos. Right. And you got to cut, because I had real long hair at the time. And he says, you got to cut your hair and you got to like get yourself in shape. So I thought, okay. Um, so I took, took on the challenge. I did it. And then he started sending my pictures out to say, well, look, if you want to model and make some really good money, you have to do it overseas. Mm. I mean, you can do it in L.A., but it's going to be very tough. So you got to go overseas. So 
And I thought it'd be cool to travel, see the world. And sure. Singapore was the first country that said yes to me. Oh, wow. So in 97, I came out to Singapore. First country out of the U.S. I, this was pre-Google, pre-internet, really. Right. So when you're going like... I was dog. Like, 97, there's no dial-up, right? I don't think there yeah, is. Yeah, there was dial-up. I think we had dial-up. I think so. I remember. No, I'm, did we? I think I only had that when I was in secondary school. Okay, because I remember, so I thought it was a dial-up. So, I like, it was pre-internet. Yeah, it was very pre-internet. And to the point where I even asked my agent, do they have ATMs in Singapore? Because I didn't know. Oh, right. Right? You know? And he's like, yeah, they do. The millennials do. are laughing at you right dude, now. Dude, I was like, <laughs> dude, I, was so like I got here and I'm yeah. like, wow, this is super modern, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought like some third world developing because I've never Southeast heard of, Asian country. Because I've really never heard of you Singapore. Know, but, but Southeast Asia is very exotic to a lot of Americans, right? Because we don't, we're not taught about it. Yeah. It's not in our history books. It's not in our, uh, it's not in our, our daily... You're not good enough. No, no, it's not like good enough. It's just America, America is so big of a country yeah. that we're just trying to pass American history versus right. world, you know, yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah. uh, We're far away. La. We're very, very far, far away. away yeah. Yeah. It's small comparatively to America. Small, yeah, yeah. So I got here and then... It took me a while to adapt, and uh, but you were based. I think you came here and you were based here. Yeah, I was only supposed to, only supposed to be here for two months, and then I wanted to stay longer because I actually liked Singapore. Right. But I wasn't work. I stopped working. Nobody wanted to hire me, and the reason was because of at that time, the Western attitude or the jokes or the sarcasm or the it was not it was frowned upon because at that time now now you look around Singapore, there's foreign models all over the place, yeah. right? At that time, I was there. There may be like 10 to 15 foreign models as a whole throughout Singapore. 97, okay. Yeah, you know, 97. So it was very, very few. So, you know, I would if you try to joke around on, on set or whatever, people didn't understand the humor of the American humor. So I remember I had some local friends at the time tell me, they said, look, you got to learn how not to be American. You got to throw away the American side of you as much as you can and learn how to understand the Asian culture because mm-hmm. Asian culture is very different. There's, they don't talk as much. Right. Especially lot, back then, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's the silent right. communication. It's There's a lot of things that are just not said, which in America, we're the Oprah Winfrey culture. We're always about talk it out and let your feelings out there and say how you feel. <laughs> I mean, look at Twitter nowadays. It's all about yeah. that, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, and then I started working again because my attitude changed. And then I was like... Oh, wow. I, 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 people started hiring me and hiring me. And then um, I remember a big turning point for me in the Singapore market was when Johnny Versace was murdered mm-hmm. because he was supposed to come to Singapore. That was the first time coming to Singapore. It was supposed to be in 97 when he came. Then he got murdered. But they decided to bring the show in any, anyway. Oh, okay. And when they did this, they had the family was here, they had his main choreographer was here, and they did a big casting in, in Singapore and right. throughout Asia. And I was one of three selected out of Singapore to be in the, in the fashion show. Nice. And I had very little, compared to all these other models, I had... Right. Very little work to show. My portfolio was very small. Yeah. And, but they saw something in me, and they said, yeah, we want to put you in the show. And that sort of, after that, that kind of gave me a bit more legroom to work in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Then I left, went back to America. And then I ended up coming back in 2004 to shoot a feature film. Cause I, I, so you ch- left for quite a few years. Yeah, I, was, I left quite a few years. And then actually, met, by chance, met a director in L.A., independent director who was in Singapore, fell in love with Singapore the same way I did. He wanted to write a story about Singapore, but not historically, but just a story set in Singapore. Right. And we helped get that movie going. I helped try to get funding and everything else. And I came back to act in it. Then I stayed on a few months after that to model. and to make What's that movie called? It's called Cages. It's Cages, right? Yeah, yeah. Cages, yeah. Okay. With Tan Keng Hua, uh, Mako Iwamatsu, who was the first Asian Academy Award nominee. In, so That's the... He's the Japanese actor, yeah. Japanese actor, yeah. right. 
and uh, Zelda. But isn't there like a like some guy from like Myanmar or like Cambodia that won like an Academy Award? There was, but there he was, was the right? first. He was the first nominated Asian right, actor. First nominated, okay. first nominated Asian actor. Um, fantastic guy. I learned so much from him. Oh, nice. Uh, he's already passed on, unfortunately, but uh, he was a really good guy. And then uh, 2007, the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And, and they were going to show it in Singapore, and Golden Village was going to show it. So we came out to do promotion on it. Right. Then I thought, what about? Because at this time I was doing corporate sales in America. I was doing oh, advertising so sales. I was because I never want to wait tables. After I went back, I said I want to make money, right. but I also want to have a skill set. So if this doesn't work out, I right. can still fall back on this. So I had like you want to move forward. Like, yeah. Basically. So I had about twelve years of corporate sales experience from advertising. I worked at Apple. I worked at ADT Security Services. I did Yellow Pages advertising, Google Search Engine advertising. I did a lot of different stuff. A lot. Uh, and 2007 came along. Came here, and I thought, why don't I try Asia? Because at the time I was working two jobs in America, part time, uh, one full time, one part time. Right. And just getting by, but you know, I mean, I made a decent living. You were living L- LA, right? Yeah, at this time, LA okay. at the time, and I was getting by, I mean, decent living, but I was felt like I was stagnant, and the creative side of me was just going away because I got caught up in making money. You know, but were you? But you were not trying to break into the acting. Scene I was. I had an agent. LA. I was auditioning. I got close on a lot of stuff, but because that's Hollywood. That's Hollywood. That's it. That's right? it. Yeah, you know, that's the mecca of like actors. It is, and I mean, I took a lot of classes, and I got a lot of close. I got close on a lot of projects, but I didn't have a lot of on-camera experience, which I think is the big difference. It really is. It, it, it's a whole different mind. It's a it whole really different is. way of learning as an actor. It's one thing is being in class and rehearsing a scene. Yeah, and, and doing castings and monologues. Exactly, and then the one thing to be on set. Know your marks. Know how to hit the camera. Know, know all these things. So, uh, I decided to give Singapore a shot. I met with a few people. Everybody said I was probably not going to work here because Caucasians don't. Yeah, work in- it's very weird. At that time, it was like uh, there were only Caucasian models. Yeah, there, there was no like Singaporean models, but yeah. there is only like Asian faces on t- television. Right. It's very weird. It was weird. So weird. someone said to me, they said, well, you're probably not going to do TV. I said, but Singapore is so cosmopolitan now. There's so many different... It's not like it was back in 97. You sure? And they're like, yeah, because you know, they're not, they probably won't work. I said, yeah. why? Has, I said, has anyone ever tried? And they said, we had a couple people do it, but really not really? much. Really? Not like full Caucasians, though. I think some guy named Mark Waite or something like that. Oh, really? Back, yeah, I, I, don't... I, I don't... I never met him, but... Uh, that I remember. And so I thought, well, I like a challenge, so I said, I'll give it a shot. And they're like... <laughs> Nobody challenged you. No, okay. They all thought it was crazy. They're yeah. like, are you okay? So I came yeah. out here. And that was when? 19? That was in 2007. I came out, I remember, with $700 on my bank account. I had to borrow money for uh, partial money to get a plane oh, ticket. So you were broke? I was broke. Okay. Because I had to move apartments in LA, so I put all my money there, and I was basically living paycheck to paycheck, even with two jobs. And That's when you know you're a real actor. Yeah, so I was like... <laughs> but the funny thing, I was working at two great companies, but it's just because California is a very expensive place to live right. and everything else. And I thought, you know what? I came out with no, hardly any money. So I started modeling again to make some money. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just meeting people. And then I met with Fly. And right. then they said, hey, we'll put you out there if there's something out there. And then slowly but surely, I would get little parts here and there. Right. And then it kind of grew. And then the big turning point was... I mean, I did a show for Syria called Atas Heights. That was Atas was a, Heights. Yeah, it was like a six-episode series. A cool name. I know it was Atas Heights. <laughs> yeah. It's what we, you know, and it was it was great. They were so supportive and friendly, and that was kind of like my first real 
acting job. Mm -hmm. But then the one that put me on the map, of course, is the Little Nonia. Yeah, yeah. Two thousand and eight. Yeah, two thousand eight. That was when it first. That's was, when we first met. Yeah, that was your first met. Yeah. Yeah. And then wow, yeah. good times. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you about, no, right? it's like it feels. It just it feels like yesterday. It's like I know, right? Right, we were walking on the streets of Malacca. Yeah, well, I was in Malacca. No. no, were we? You were no, I was never. I never went to Malacca. I was in the tail end of the series. I never went no, to. No, but I, we were walking together, right? No, Where was that? I never no, went to Malacca. I never been to Malacca. With the girl. Which was that? That was. That wasn't. That wasn't. Uh, was that not was, in Malacca. No, it was in Malacca. Was it, it was in Singapore. Yeah, right? it was in Singapore. Oh, okay. Yeah, never did Malacca. I'm ahead. This I, originally, do you know they told me that I would be yeah. in ten episodes of the show? Uh-huh. Originally, that's what uh, uh, the producer said that it was going to be ten episodes. It was a big, big role, and then I think they cut it down to five episodes, and because obviously language and things like that, right. and maybe who knows, and maybe right. just. Skipping. But you were playing uh, like an Englishman. English right, man, I played like, the the guy that marries uh, Jeanette, Jeanette. Right. Yeah. But you. Um, you were English speaking in the show, anyways. I had to speak a little bit of Mandarin. I had a couple of yeah, lines in it, but, but I, mean, I had to speak English with a British accent. I never spoke with a British accent. The, my British accent was terrible. Right. It was terrible. It was <laughs> just miserable. Uh, uh, we couldn't tell, uh, probably. Well, I could. I watched back. I watched it just cringe. Like, oh. Yeah, I need, I need to. Sh- you need to show that to all your friends. They're gonna laugh. I did. I showed people in America. Gonna, like, like, what the. F- <laughs> Like okay, that's nice. You show it to like people from the UK, they will be like, "Oh yeah, blasphemy." I know, right? right? So then, yeah, then uh, then after that, fighting spiders came yeah. on. I think I think you're right. Uh, little Nonia, you were kind of put you in the spotlight, right? Mm. Like, and we didn't really have any Caucasian actors in Singapore. Even up to now, we don't really have any like no. Caucasian. Yeah, and then um, and then fighting spiders. Yeah, which I was shocked to get that role because I was. Thirty-three at the time. Yeah, <laughs> and it hadn't been that long. No lah. I was thirty-three. Two thousand eight. Yes, thirty-three. I was thirty-three. Right after the and I auditioned, and I was really thin, little Nonia. I was really yeah, super thin, um, and I looked like a kid. And then they said they want me to play a forty-plus-year-old father, divorcee, British guy. And I'm like, oh, here we go with the British accent yeah. again. <laughs> Doesn't anybody hire American? But anyway, uh, it's the so, I, but I, so I tried to learn that accent a lot better. And then uh, I remember funny thing about Fighting Spiders is I got the role, which I was shocked I got. Yeah, it's a really big role. And then I remember meeting Glenn and Gavin yeah. the first day we got cast. Now Glenn and Gavin were the producers and directors yeah. for the show, and. Uh, I could see the look on their face. They, I wasn't their first choice, and I knew it. Really? I knew it. I wasn't, Who else was there? There was no one else. Daniel there. Jenkins. All right, you are, yeah, yeah, Daniel Jenkins. Jenkins. But it was... Right, which he, he's more age-appropriate, right? Exactly. Actually. He's more age-appropriate. He's British and everything he else. He looks... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I found this out later on. Uh, then I found out that someone from Channel 5 liked me because I had a darker side to me. They felt right. like I had something dark inside of me. So right. I remember going into the very first meeting in the, in the, the, into the... Uh, and with the, you know, after we, I was casting in it, and I said to them, I said, "Look, I said, uh, I don't look a fa- like a father." Mm-hmm. I said, "You can put makeup on me if you want. I'm fine with that." They want me to grow a mustache. I said, "Fine." I said, "But I need to gain weight for this to age myself." I said, "Are you okay with that?" And they looked at each other and they're like, "Yeah, we're okay with that." But it's you've got about a month or so to shoot before we start shooting. Yeah. So I put on about a 10 kgs or so, mm-hmm. and I just. Piled it on and yeah, yeah, yeah. aged myself, I saw, and I, I looked saw. like complete shit. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, you still look pretty good, lah. You know, but I, yeah, I not look, as lean as I, you were. I know. was the British Mag- Magnum PI. You know, that's yeah. <laughs> like, Tom Selleck with the mustache, yeah, with the mustache, yeah. The mustache, and that, awesome. that that was it. And then 
yeah, went from there. That was right. kind of the, the beginning of it all. Yeah, and it was Fighting Spiders was where we met. Yeah, it was where we met. Yeah. And then um, I think you're my, one of my best friends in the industry for so yeah. many years. And I think one of the very big reasons same, is that same. I don't spend time um, hanging out with friends. Yeah. And we, I was trying to work out then. And yeah. then we were working out. That's true, yeah. Almost every day, right? Yeah, yeah, we worked out a lot. At least four or five times a Yeah, week. the MediaCorp gym and all that stuff. And yeah. then I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy. Well, I mean, yeah. also, too, in, the ch- in your world... I took the photo and then I'm In the channeling world, you guys work a lot of hours. A lot of yeah, hours. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. One reason why I have to stop. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, but it's, 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 a, good, it's a good experience. I mean, yeah. when I did channeling, I loved it. Yeah. So from there, you've been acting all the way already, right? Yeah, yeah. I did a lot of... I did a lot in that span of about four mm-hmm. years from there. I did a lot through there. Um, but what's... Yeah, sorry. No, okay. I did Channel 8. I got to do a Chinese drama in full Mandarin. Yeah. Uh, did a couple of them. Um, Surya, did a lot of Surya stuff. Channel 5, not as much, actually, to be honest with you. I did probably more Surya. Yeah, more which channel- is ironic, right? Mm-hmm. You would think that yeah. you know, Channel I, 5 would be your bread and butter. But it wasn't. It was actually the other channels that were my bread and butter. Yeah, channel 5 was weird. just popping in and out. You know? yeah. So, I mean... No to th- think that by now you sh- would have been... Accepted as like a like a Singaporean, no. you know, sort of. At least to me, lah, you know. I don't know. That's a weird thing. Things changed. Things ch- actually. Uh, you know why? Ch- because you are too. You are good looking, Angmo. And when we oh. when people look at you, yeah, like immediately it's like this Angmo is here to like be a celebrity and like steal our chicks and like ah, earn yeah, our money yeah. and then. You know, like I heard I, all that. And I yeah. got a lot of that. It's actually, I think that's that's actually what it is. I mean, I got a lot of that when I was dating Joanne, but um, also there was a, t- a change happened politically here, and there was a there. I think it was during the elections, not this past, but also prior to that. There was this whole uh, there was a there's an anti foreigner sentiment yeah. building up in Singapore, yeah. and and of course. I look at it from both ways, so I can't say it from my from my perspective because I live as a local. I don't. I'm not on an expat package. I never was. Yeah. So I never had that kind of money. So I made what I earned, you right. know, basically through jobs, which, as we know, in acting isn't always a lot. I'm not a lot. And Singapore became very, very, very expensive very quickly. Yeah. I mean, I saw the change. You know, even when I got in 2007 to now, it's like, bam. Yeah. And there was a lot of resentment from the foreign investors and the foreigners coming in here, getting, you know, obviously they felt locals felt they were raising the prices of things and then when elections came about so there was this change happening in the industry where it wasn't as open as it, and as accepting as it yeah. once was um, and I understand both sides of the equation so I you know I looked at it that way but I'll, that also affected me work wise you know this is like a to be fair mm-hmm. when I was when I first met you I, that was what I thought as well like yeah. immediately you know you look at like a and you know you carry yourself uh, well yeah. So it's like uh, whenever you see an Ang Mo, like, especially, yeah. and you're like, ah, this guy is just like you know living in like River Valley and, and in an expensive condo rented by the company, and then he's earning like five digits, six digits. Yeah, and, and to be fair, <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, there are a lot of them that are like that. There are a lot of aspects that are they are being paid like that and living like that, and and a lot of them have like pretty bad attitude. Like when you go to bars and you meet these people, they do have a. They're assholes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're assholes. You know, and 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 if if I didn't know you as a friend, I would have I would say that my mindset would have stuck to that level, you know. But now that I'm older, then I first I met you, and then I, I met many other Caucasian like from the UK, from Australia, and they are all really nice people, and and 
And a lot of them are just here doing an honest job, trying to make a living. Yeah. And yeah. and I realized that it's not true. You know, it's just especially now I feel that there are more and more Caucasians here that are really just just trying to make a life for themselves. And 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 you know, like like I always I always tell you that you are the most you are more Asian than I am. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're very humble. You've been you're quite conservative for for like a American. I would I would say. Yeah, but that's also yeah, my upbringing. Well, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah, and then yeah. I, I find it very weird. Like, I, I mean, to me, it's still a mystery to me, up to today. Yeah, but I mean, I guess my point is that, like, it's just it's just hard, lah. You know, like when I see you, like now, even now, I feel that you are still getting quite a bit of that, right? Like sometimes, and even TV is still not very accepting of, like we are yeah. fine with Eurasians. Yeah. Like if you have a bit of like. It's good if you have like Asian blood and like Angmo blood yeah. together, but if you are pure Angmo, then it's like, no. Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's funny. I've I've heard from some people in the industry uh, that maybe the local audiences can't accept a Caucasian face mm. on TV, and and my response to them is I wouldn't be sitting in front of this in front of you right now mm. if that was the case. Mm. Now I do think that it is the responsibility of a Caucasian actor or a presenter, or TV host, or whoever that is. Um, if you are in Asia, and this is something that I learned back in '97, is also you need to understand the culture and learn the culture. Don't try to bring, yeah. don't try to force your culture on somebody else. Now, and expect and, and expect it to be like like I come from America. I was you know I was doing stuff in Hollywood stuff like that. Just because I did that there doesn't mean it's the right way here, hmm. and I can't expect it to be like that. Uh, and I shouldn't force it on people. Hmm. So. I and I and I tell people this. I said, look, I think the local audiences are fine to see a foreign face on TV. It's not about the nationality. They watch American shows all the time. It's really about how. Yeah, that's true. It's. I mean, they watch American movies all the time, right? Everyone watches movies. That's quite ironic, yeah. But, but I think it's about how they're integrated into the local storyline. And are these actors or are these pe- these characters are they trying to be local? Are they trying to be pompous, arrogant Caucasians, and so forth like that. Um, on, a, on another side of it, it's also the media. Because, look, what sells papers, what sells clicks, what gets clicks? Negative stories. People don't click a lot on, for, on happy stories. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they do, you do. But a lot of times it's, oh, this person did this at this bar, this, this, this wanker, this asshole, you know, was on a train, you know, slamming things or whatever the case is, mm. right? And those stories then build up a, resent, a, a, a resentment. Yeah. Um, but you know it is what it is. It's a challenge. I'm a minority here. I'm like below my minority. Even a national day parade, they got Eurasian, Indian, you know, Chinese, Malay, no Angmo. Got Eurasian. It got Eurasian. Got Eurasian. So you're half represented. I, well, sort of half represented. No, but you're you're not like a citizen, right? You're like a. Are yeah. you like a PR? No, I'm employment pass still. You still employment pass still. Why, very... why, why don't you apply for a PR? It's hard. You got to turn down. Oh, no. it takes, you know what? Why? It's so it's it's a quota thing. It, I mean, I I would funny. I would go there. I get my hand my paperwork, and they're like, "Oh yes, we know you. We know you." But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a quota situation. I would love to be PR. Do here. you think it's because you are like a minority, like not as in minority in Singapore, but like a minority of an American that actually wants to become like a like a Singaporean? I don't know. I mean, it could also just be the fact because I didn't. I went to university, but I didn't graduate. So I don't have all the paperwork right. that per se. Um, I have the work but experience. But financially, you've been paying taxes and yeah, you know, I've been paying taxes, been but you know, decent money. It's okay, okay, you know, okay, yeah. you know, okay. But who knows? It's sometimes just a quota number. So I understand it. Um, 
still try, you know. Still if try. anybody from the government is watching this, please grant Mr. Bobby Tonelli. Has been, I've been with him for 10 years. I know like uh, how, how respectful he is of our culture. And know, I think I, it's very rare. And I think... This is a weird issue to mm. be mentioning because in What's the up? States, it's the opposite, right? What? Like, you're the minority. Like, how do we... How do we actually welcome people into our our life? Because you're not here... Okay, the issue we have about foreigners, yeah. or at least I yeah. have about a lot of foreigners, is that, like, uh, it's very prevalent in our industry as well. Like, you come here, and then <clears throat> you make a killing, you become famous and popular, and then you take all that, and then you leave. Mm. You know, and then... It becomes unfair for us because you take away our opportunity, you take away our money, you take away our everything, and you have no intention of providing anything or giving anything to our culture, to our industry. industry. But, you know, but you know what's funny, yeah. right? This I say this applies to a lot of some of the, the Chinese actors that have come in just through MediaCorp, right? You know, from China, they yes. come in, they've done this. This is exactly what you said, exactly. right? Got popular, made a lot of money, bam, got out. Yeah. But I don't compete with any locals. I'm a white guy. Yeah. So if there's a if I'm doing a role, there's no competition. It's not but like, to me, I, I really don't care about the competition. Yeah. I don't mind yeah, about yeah. the competition. I care about like like do you see yourself as a part of us? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. yeah, you know, like if you are here yeah. and you are, I, I don't I don't mind if you work in the states as well. Yeah. But if you are here, you are vested. You have vested interest in the yeah. industry here. You want to make our industry better. You want to be part of the oh, party, yeah. one of the group. I think that's the focus. You know, I have seen like. Uh, actors uh, that come to Singapore and from the first day they landed they just say that I'm just here for two years I'm just here for four years I'm just gonna make everything I'm just gonna go and they're open and frank about it but we keep giving them all the opportunities we keep giving them all the good stuff and to me mm. that that is a complete lack of foresight you know so, I don't mind if you're a foreigner yeah. I don't mind it's not like a oh same skin color or like yeah. insect circle but you have to have a vested interest in growing the industry together, right? But you know, like also, a team you also know a lot of these foreigners, and I met a lot of these expats, right? Some of, I mean, not a lot. I mean, you know, not every one of them, but a lot of them would love to stay here longer. It's the companies that don't love them to stay. They actually love Singapore. If you ask majority of expats, now, granted, they've got great packages from their companies, oh so God, they live yeah. the very good life in Singapore. Yeah. As we know, Singapore is one of the most expensive cities in the world to live in. It is more expensive than. And the if States. you have a family and a kids and you want to put them through a good school, it's like more than going to university in, in many countries for a semester for fees. So they like it for that, the safety and all those things. So, but a lot of them would love to stay here. But I do, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, okay, the reason I am the way I am is my grandparents were immigrants. They came from Italy and they came to America. Mm-hmm. They didn't speak a word of English. My grandfather worked at a coal mine and I would... And they were, he was never about, never matter what race you were, never mattered what, where you came from, you work, you, you, you work, you sweat the same blood, sweat and tears as, I, as he does, or vice versa, you all belong together in one family. Yeah. Like he told me, they told me a story one time, and this gives you, I'm just, the reason I'm saying this story is just to give you a sense of where I come from. Yeah. This is how I was brought up. Back in the early 30s and 40s in America, or even earlier than that, Black people and white people could not sit at the same bar. Yeah. They could not use the same bathrooms. Okay. They couldn't use, they could, I mean, black people couldn't even be in a restaurant yeah. with a white, it had to be blacks only. Colored. Well, colored. Exactly, colored, yeah. Colored. Then it was called Col- colored, right? Colored, right, colored. Right. Um, and he started an Italian-American club in the small coal mining town in Pennsylvania. And one day he, you know, had black friends, he had Polish friends, he had all these friends, and they come and they want to go grab a drink, get a, get a beer. Wow, cool. So they brought him into the, bar, the, the, the club and then, Obviously, colors would drink out of a separate glass. 
where I couldn't drink in the same glasses as a, as, a white, as a white person. And they're at the bar, and then the bartender refused to serve the black guy. He said, no, he's not allowed here. We don't serve his kind, and he don't drink out of the same glasses you do. And my grandfather said, no, he works with me, he drinks with me, or I am out of here. I leave. And because he was part, helped fund this and helped get it started, right. not fund it, but helped get it started because the coal miners didn't have a lot of money, he was a very strong man. So at that time, said, okay, they shut their mouth and they served. And he said, no, everybody works together, everybody, no matter what race you are. Nice. So that is how I was brought up. Right. My dad was the same way, and that's how I am. So that's why I, when I came to Asia, it was always like I had that mindset of my grandparents that they came to a foreign country, they had to learn how to be American. So if I come to Asia, I have to learn the Asian culture. Do you feel like you, are treated, you have been treated unjustly? I don't know. Any tinge of that at all? I'm sure, right? Do you? you know, I would say there's more. I've had more positive experiences than negative experiences here. Oh, wow, here. okay. Um, I mean, look, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I wouldn't be having the career I have right now if I was treated unjustly majority of the time. So I can't say that. I mean, that would be unfair for me to say it. Have there been instances? Sure. There have been instances where I didn't get a role because, you know, um, somebody preferred not to have a Caucasian at that point in time, even though I was confirmed, and then they would turn it, they would take it away. Uh, last minute through whatever decisions. Um, but I would say... I would say overall it's been more positive than negative for me. But you have your, you have your moments, yeah. So why, why did you choose to stay then? Why, did, why didn't you go back to LA? I mean, a part of you yeah. must have wanted to do, a, you know, be where the... After you've gotten enough experience here, didn't it cross your mind to go back to where you are? I mean, you were born there. Were you born in there? No, no, Vegas. Born okay, in Vegas. But, in but, but very close. Very it's like close KL to yeah. Singapore, yeah. Right, okay. So that area, right? Which is yeah. near, didn't you think of going back to like Hollywood to try and like pursue a career there? I thought it would be interesting to see how I would fare in the castings and auditions with the experience that I gained in Singapore mm-hmm. and go out there and try at least for a few months. And I might still one day, but... I don't know. Asia, Singapore for me is always, it's kind of like home now. Like when I go back to America, I don't relate to a lot of that culture anymore. Wow. Because this is my life. This is my world. This is my culture for the most part. I've been here for 10 years. 10 years. So this is sort of what's home for me. So when I go there, I mean, even though I'm American and I can, there is a certain, like I meet an American on the streets or I meet an American in a restaurant we can chat. You know, there's a, there's a commonality. It's just like a Singaporean. If you meet a Singaporean in America, you're going to chat, you know? Yeah. So you have that. But when it comes to living there, God, that would be a big adjustment again. It'd be a big adjustment. So you kind of have taken a liking to the lifestyle in Singapore. Uh, yeah, the culture more or less. The lifestyle is expensive. What, what exactly? What exactly? <laughs> uh, the what? The lifestyle is expensive. Yeah, yeah it's expensive, but the culture, the culture is great. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what exactly about Singapore that's so attractive to you? I like the multicultural aspect of it. I love the history. I love the... I like that, for the most part, while the city is always updating itself to be more modern and mm-hmm. more efficient and more smart nation and green and eco-friendly and all those kind of things that every first world city needs to do... Mm-hmm. I do appreciate that 
there is a sense in the Singaporean, in Singaporeans and Malays and Indians and, and Eurasians, the sense of their past, their culture, their history, and trying to preserve that as much as they can in a very modern society. I like that. I like the fact that, uh, yeah, it's just a very interesting part of the world. You know, it's so. I want. To, I don't want to say the word exotic, but from an American perspective, it is exotic. Uh, but in that, we are la, we are exotic. Exotic, but, but there's a, there's such a unique history here that I find fascinating. Right. Yeah. I, I do think that part part of the reason is also because there's just very little, like Americans, like just pure Americans that are working in our industry. So like you know when I'm a scriptwriter and I'm writing something, I don't like I don't inherently write like an American character in it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I would just write an Asian character. But I do think that it is possible. Like there are certain roles that should be that can be cross racial. Like mm. you know, like it can be an American, can be. It can be a Caucasian, it can be a Eurasian, it can be a, you know? Yeah, I can build it, yeah. And I think it will it will work. And then <clears throat> I think you have, I don't know, I think you have kind of integrated yourself into us. But somehow, I think there is, how how do we know that you're different? It's very hard. I think that's the main thing, you see. Like when I look at you, yeah. like I know you personally and I feel close to you, but but it's still hard for me to think of you as like a, like a Singaporean, like a Singapore. The reality is, yeah. it probably will never, it will ha- never it, happen. It probably will never happen. It probably will never, I mean... You can say la a million times and it doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, you can say la because we can speak English, can do all these things. But to a lot of the audience, they they know they might know me or they or this, they might accept me, but I might not be a Singaporean to them because obviously I look different, you know. Um, it could be just because uh, whatever reason, you know. Sometimes you can't, you don't know what's inside someone's mind. There could be a personal prejudice, something bad could have happened to them, something, whatever mm-hmm. the case is. And you can't fight those things. You mm-hmm. can just be yourself and you try to be respectful. Like, I mean, for instance, I had, uh, I recently did a video and uh, there was a comment on the video that said, uh, it was from a local, said, well, why do you use foreign talent? Why can't you use local celebrity to do this video? Like you know, what don't have enough don't have enough local celebrity to do this video? Can't use why use you know things like that. So I responded to this comment, which I usually don't do. Um, and I just said, look, I said, thank you for watching. Uh, yes, I'm a foreigner, but I've been here for ten years, and I hope that my nationality or race doesn't hold you back from watching more of our videos. Now, you know, um, and I he never responded. The person never responded because. I'm just saying, hey, look, yeah, I am a foreigner. I've been here for 10 years. I'm trying to learn. I think you need to have your own show. Mm. Um, you need like a place for people to know who you are because you are you are very Asian in, um, with the way you think, the way you lead your life, mm. but you don't sound Asian. You don't, um, as in you don't sound Singaporean. You don't look Singaporean. And, 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 and I'm very comfortable with you because I, I'm, mm. I, know, I know who yeah, you yeah, are yeah. at the core, but it, take, it took me quite some time to see that and it will take the audience even longer yeah. and the issue with like a lot of roles that you're doing other than a lot of shows that you do you're acting right so people just see you as like a character, actor yeah. as yeah, a character like, and a lot of roles that you play unfortunately are very stereotypical Caucasian roles like you have to be a Caucasian like a you know like a like a English father you know but but they are so it's very hard for us to see who you are as a human being you know and yeah. I think if we can, if we can have like a, a show or a way, 
um, be it online or anything, that can actually let people know you better. It will actually help a lot. Yeah, I guess. I, you know, that's always the, the challenge when you do, you know, as an actor, it's like, do you, I mean, this in this day and age in social media mm-hmm. and access to information, there's always something very, I mean, I come from an older school way of acting where you, you keep a lot of that inside to use that as from your toolbox. Yeah. You don't want to show your toolbox to everybody. No. So you, when you are a character on TV, they believe that character. And I always feel there's this fine line showing too much of your personal side versus the character. Then, then, then you break that, that, that thing. So When you're it, acting. On- yeah, you know, but... I don't know. I mean, you might be right. You might, but then again, do people want to? Do people want to know that side? You know, you. I don't think that's the right way to think. Yeah. <clears throat> because you are a brand, you mm. should be letting people know what you are about. Mm. Like when I look at you, what's what? Why are you different from your from another American mm. that is just here like once to yeah. do a show? Yeah. What's the difference? And <clears throat> I think that this is your disadvantage and your advantage at the same time. Yeah. Like when you can find that spark, right? Mm. To show that you are... Because you are a minority. You mm. are oh, absolute yeah. minority oh. in Singapore. <laughs> I'm freaking weird. Like the white guy comes to an Asian country to be a minority. That's so weird. I'm like, then, I'm like a minority by my minor, under minority. It's yeah. like, it's almost like, okay, and I'm not, I'm only using this just as a, as a comparison, but I'm not even close to this person's yeah. profile. Like an Austrian, like Arnold Schwarzenegger coming to Hollywood, yeah. an Austrian actor with a heavy accent yeah. coming to a, an American place to be an actor. It's, it, it's that minority. That, right. That's minute. And I am. I'm very much so. Very much that way. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. Think you need to find um, something, a show. Yeah. Uh, maybe do like a YouTube show or something that can... You know that, you know that what the funny do thing something is, on about local local stuff because you are a very good representation. But you know what's funny? Like I did the show Steady La, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? And that was so much fun to do. And it's this a Singaporean. What, what's the show? About? It's a basically was myself and Roz, and it was about uh, us taking foreigners who live in Singapore or could just come to Singapore, take them, teach them local things. Right. And <laughs> I always if, the funny thing is I always thought a show should have been done like this a long time ago, because. It's about showing people understanding it. But, again, it's one of those things that... It's a fine line of... Does it, I mean, do the audience accept it? They like it or not? I don't know. Uh, you might be right. You're probably right. Uh, there's also the shy part of me, man. There's yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. the shy part of me that's just like, you know... Uh, <laughs> do I want to, like, say all these things or, you know... It's, it's tough. So you have an issue about with being yourself on, on screen? It's because you know, yeah. Because like when you're acting, you're acting, and when you're presenting, you are. You are I mean, presenter there, Bobby. You know, but, but but there's also, I mean, every aspect. There's something of me in that. Uh, yes, yes, but yes, for it's, sure. But I, mean, I guess when you're doing these YouTube things or whatever, or these not the skits it's very per se, personal. but it's personal. Like yeah. this is personal. Yeah. You know, like this is me. Like. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think anybody have ever seen you this way. Seen you this way. Well, I, could, well so. I mean, yeah. Unless, like, reporters might have when they interview me, but that's yeah, it. But that's as it. audiences, But it doesn't no. translate when it's on print. No, no, it, it becomes doesn't, yeah. like, I, I read the... it with an American accent in my mind. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Yeah, because they're just getting yeah. the little blips, the sound bites, and whatever, yeah. the, the readable bits. So, yeah. 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 I think you should consider that, like, find ways to do it, like, collaborate with people mm. or, like, start, like, a show or something that just, like, an, a venue, an mm. avenue for people to 
know who you are. Yeah. Um, and it has to be related to local stuff. Yeah. Because it's interesting to see, you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to see like an American like that understands like our culture so much as much as you do. Well, I'm always learning. I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to, yeah. you know, yeah. That that's the thing, and. and and I guess as a foreigner, I also don't want to say things to... I mean, you always... You know, this is the one thing that I think I've gained here. <laughs> um, don't, don't say what's on your mind. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know I've, seen, I've seen more people get burned because of that. Oh, and, shit. you know, because... In America, like, look on Twitter, right? Especially look after the, all the politics and everything else. Yeah. Everyone says what's on their mind. And some people get burned for it. Some people don't get burned for it. But... You you know in Singapore it's also more sensitive, so you have to find things. I mean, not like I'm not anti-political in any sense, uh, stretch of the imagination. Actually, I like to look at things from both sides of the equation, and then I sort of make my assessment from there. So, uh, but I mean, I do see things how things could improve. I do see sometimes a lot of red tape that doesn't necessarily need to be there. That I think is holding, let's say, our industry back. I think that there's a mindset there that. You know, oh, the '90s were successful for us in television or in this 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 media. So let's sort of replicate that, but yeah. in a digital era. But those those days are those those days are different now. I think like like because people don't we are less communicative yeah. culture. When we see something that's wrong or we see something that we have an opinion about, usually we keep it to ourselves. And because we don't want to get into trouble, that's mm. the that's the way we were brought up. Like, let's not get into trouble. Let's not get into trouble. Right. And I think that has kind of slowed us from moving forward. Um, I mean, especially with yeah. the decline of television, I think a very big part, yes, it's, it's a it's a global phenomenon. Like, every, everybody is, is having this problem. But I think we get hit even harder because we don't change fast enough, because we don't talk as much. And, and then... It becomes slower for us. Well, I think it's, it's also a fear too. I mean, you know, it's. I think, like, to give you an example, like you guys were taught not to. It's, it's don't no. do the wrong thing. But in America, we're taught to ask questions about everything. Yeah. If you're in, if you're in a, in a class and you're not asking questions, the teachers think there's something wrong with you that you wow. don't understand. So you have to ask questions. Yeah. That is ingrained. But that's a healthy. That's a good thing, right? It is. But Unless you're American in Singapore, <laughs> then it's not. Then that's where it changes. So I had to learn that that the education system is taught this way. Right. And this is why people react this way. Right. So sometimes I can't ask... If I ask a lot of questions as an actor on set, yeah. I can be perceived as difficult, yeah. but I'm just trying to understand the character more so I can become give a better That's performance. A, yeah. Yeah. And I do, then, But I do explain this to them. I'm asking these questions because of this, this, this. Right. It's not to... to uh, diminish your role as a director, yeah. producer. Yeah, like we take things so personally here because <laughs> it's just, it's just different. But so I, yeah. I have to be more explanatory in that yeah. sense to say, look, I'm asking these questions because I want to give you a good job. I want to do a good job for you. You know, it's, it's not about being questioning your yeah. skills or thinking that I'm better. But it, but that's how people can perceive yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So it is. I get that a lot. Even I'm in, I'm a Singaporean. Yeah. I get that a lot. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not surprised that. <clears throat> not surprised that you're get, you're getting it worse. Mm. <laughs> it's really is a power is a power trip thing. Yeah. But okay, but, but you have worked on projects like, like now you're working on uh, Celebrity Car Wars, right. right? Second season. Yeah. And how's that set like though? Because wow. it's a, it is a, is it a Caucasian set or an a- no. Asian majority Asian majority Asian? Uh, Michael McKay, who's our director, producer, writer. Um, we have a few uh, other producers, uh, Chris Berry. We have, oh, I mean, so we have a handful of people that are Caucasian 
and then we have a uh, majority of our crew is because we shoot in the Philippines so it's Filipino hmm. or some come from Singapore or you know the different you know are celebrities from different countries so it's a very uh, international uh, like I say international set hmm. um but yeah, we shoot in the Philippines um, for two seasons. I don't know if we're getting, we're talking about third season now, but if we oh, do, nice. yeah, the ratings have been good. <laughs> it's so, doing really well, though. Yeah, ratings are doing good. Yeah. So they're talking about maybe staying the Philippines or going to, to Malaysia. So we don't know yet. Yeah. Right. So right. it's that, that was a whole different experience for me, man. It's I mean, been very different from what you experienced locally, uh, like in Singapore. Yes and no. The size of the production, yes, because we use. Just on a technical ter- uh, technical level, we use about I think forty six to forty eight different cameras. <laughs> what? To shoot what? Show. So forty six I mean, okay. to forty seven different. Yeah, because we're doing in car cameras, we're doing drone shots, we're right. doing different cameras wow. that are placed. Uh, you know, movable. So there's a lot of things happening. Um, and the scale of the show is more regional, so mm. it has to. Obviously, it's it's bigger in that sense. But we shoot the show very quickly. Eight episodes. We shoot in roughly ten days. Ten days. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Yeah, eight one-hour episodes. Eight one-hour episodes in about ten That's days. That's really. How yeah. do you manage to do that? Like with so many cameras. <laughs> a little sleep. Or like little, you don't sleep. Why, why do you have to shoot it so so tightly? Ah, uh, scheduling for a lot of the celebrities. Um, also, right. It's, That's true. It's it's more expensive to keep it. Then you got to build sets or you got to build you know locations and build them out. And it's it's time. Consistent. It's on History Channel, right? History, yeah, History Channel. You can't watch it online. Right? No, we're talking... I keep bringing that up, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. That's also part of, I think, what cable is trying to battle right now, is yeah. how do I, how do we stay relevant online, but also exactly. monetary, monetary-wise, how do we make money on cable? I think they kind of have to realize that it's just not going to work eventually. You know, Whoever's going to take the big cut out of their own flesh now, it's yeah. going to have to hit start. I mean, I would love it to be like, let's say... You show it on History Asia, and I wish like History had a, like a channel, let's say exactly. on Netflix or exactly. somewhere. Just or, charge like really cheap or something. Yeah, you exactly. know, like ninety nine cents a month. Something, something. You know, just to show yeah. to be able to see it when you like want. the same issue I had when I was talking to Alaric. It's like I wanted to watch like like two three shows on HBO. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't get it. Yeah, I have to first subscribe to cable. Yeah, and then if I want to watch it online, I have to subscribe to like. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah. make sense. Like I just want to click on it and watch it. You know, exactly. I don't mind paying a bit of money for it. Yeah. Like, but it's not. It's not working. Tell us about tech show. Yeah. So uh, also with celebrity car was on the side of it. I've actually been working with Tech Three Hundred and Sixty TV, yeah. which is like an online. They do tech. YouTube. 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 Facebook. It's a uh, local company. Local company. Um, but they're branching. They're they're targeting more regional, mm. but based in Singapore. Uh, about tech reviews, gadget reviews, news out there, con- uh, conferences, stuff like that. So that's been fun. That's been fun. It was something that we. You always been. You have always been a tech guy. I've right? always been into gadgets and stuff and tech, and so it's a it's a nice fit, and it's interesting to do reviews and get it online and uh, and to see uh, from a presenter's perspective. I mean, like I love this stuff, but then how does it come across? And of course, when you're in this world of tech, there's a lot of big players mm. so how, what, exactly how do you like fight with like and gadget or like you, know, you don't like, you don't you just try to come out with your own one. angle about it or you just try to come out with your own it's about personality right? you know and you hope that people like hard. that you know um, so you just try you just keep trying until you see what works uh but that's yeah, the no, internet I mean, for you. Huh? That's the internet for you. Just keep you. trying to find your voice. You know, and sometimes it just takes years until yeah, people yeah. just get used to your voice and they, they like you, they, they feel there's a trust they yeah, have to yeah, build. Yeah. I mean, with internet, there's a trust. Now, it's, that's what's happening now online. Yeah. It used to be whoever has the 
loudest content. Yeah. Now people are starting to filter on their own because yeah. they realize that yeah. hmm, many sources are not dependable. Yeah. I want to talk about what's that? Pacific War? <laughs> oh, Lost in the, Lost in the Lost Pacific. In the Pacific. <laughs> wow. Come on, let's talk about that. That was an experience. Yeah. I actually watched that. I actually you watched did? That. You did For watch you? it? Yeah, I watched it. You did? I did. Oh my That's God. how much I love you. Wow. <laughs> Wow, you Russ really love me. Yeah. No, no, actually, okay, I skipped a little bit of it. Like, no, no, no. It's, it was um, yeah. okay for those of you who don't know. Yeah. It's a Hollywood China co-production. Yes, it is like absolutely a, like a big budget like film. Yeah, it was Hollywood about. I think it was film. like ten or fifteen million US dollars for it. Fifteen million. I think. Around, it, I think. And this fifteen million budget is it considered for China? Be great or no? It's uh, not big. I was. I don't know. I yeah, can tell. Uh, yeah. It's 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 um for China. I think it's a decent budget for U.S. dollars wise. I think for a film, it was a very interesting film. Um, it it was uh it was a Chinese Hollywood production, like you said, but everybody spoke English, especially even the Chinese actors, yeah, who never spoke English before. No, but no, no, but like a China co-production, it, mean, it just means that uh, it is. It is done by a China company and an American company together, right? And China, yeah. the China company has to has like majority shares. There are some rules and regulations so that this film can be shown in China. But right. how do they do in China, anyways? It, you, it might have done really well. You know? Actually, you know what the funny thing was? Let's the, go check it right now. No, no, no. Actually, it, I'll tell you right now. Right. The first, we, we tried the box office. It, it came out uh, right after Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Oh, that's in quite China. So, yeah, The Force Awakens. So, it came out right before Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. And the first weekend it came out, it did well. Uh, oh, it did well. I mean, respectively. But it was a Chinese, it was coming out during the Chinese New Year f- films with all those films, all right? Right. So, it just didn't fit into that genre. It's a sci fi thriller. Yeah. Um, you know, into it. You know, and during Chinese New Year, it's families, it's get together, it's, it's comedies, it's romance. And this is like, mutated cat yeah, killing mutated people cats. and like you know just some crazy shit happening yeah it was a fun shoot to be on though man it was yeah, a man, fu- what an it. interesting experience because you've got actors and production and director from china then you've got crew from hollywood you got actors from hollywood you've got actors from malaysia and taiwan and hong kong and i mean yeah, it's yeah, an amalgamation taiwan. of cultures right yeah and the big star was Brandon Routh from America. Superman. Superman. Uh, the previous Superman. Previous and, Superman. And then, uh, then who, the 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 Chinese actress. Her name is Zhang uh, Yuqi. Yeah, Zhang Yuqi. Zhang Yuqi. Yeah. Zhang Yuqi. Which is Betty Chang, I think. And uh, she was the main actress for that. In a funny way, how I was cast in this movie, right? Yeah. It was right after I left radio, and I was it was on a Sunday. And I got a message on Facebook from a company said, "Hey, look, we're looking, we're casting a film, and we thought you'd be good for this. And would you send us over your CV?" And I'm like, "They said the production company." And I was like, looked them up, and I was like, "Oh, they've done some, you know, local and Malaysian films." I said, "Okay." I said, "What's the film about?" Oh, they couldn't tell me. Said, okay. okay. So then we chatted, chatted, chatted. Then the then I sent over my stuff. The director liked me. They said, "Oh, the director wants you to send a video." And I was cycling. I was road cycling at the time, okay. right? I'm like. Uh, okay, like, can you send it over today? I'm like, I'm road cycling. And they said, it doesn't matter. So I just, hey, I'm Bobby, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, director liked me. They wanted me to go to JB because they were at Pinewood Studios. Yeah, Pinewood. They said they wanted to go. They didn't tell me Pinewood Studios at the time. They said JB. They were very right. secretive. Like, JB. So I told Fly, my management company, and they're like, 
Yeah, we heard something about this film, but we don't know. Uh, but if you want to go, go for it, you know? So I went over there, and it turned out to be a legitimate project and everything else. And <laughs> so you were, you were not I, sure if it was, yeah, was, was going to be shady. I didn't even read a script. They just, the director's like... Like some rich Thai Thai sitting there casting for a hot Caucasian yeah, guy. Actually, it was the director doing the casting, and he, and he was a very much into... He's from Shanghai, but he was, he was very much into finding the right characters, and mm. he was really into the role, and then he said... Okay, I like you. Let's we're gonna we're we're gonna cast you in this. I said okay. Uh, then that was it. And it, but it was funny to see the different cultures working together, the way the Chinese work versus the Americans. What's work. the biggest difference? Yeah, uh, you're the, trying to be very careful with your words. No, <laughs> I'm trying to say there's a lot of differences. I'm trying to find the one thing the the Chinese have a well, let's say the actors right yeah. have this entourage of people and they're film- the Chinese actors yeah, yeah Chinese actors entourage of people everybody helping everybody out blah 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 American actors come on by themselves like just want to they just they just want to work Brandon Routh was there he had one assistant his, his cousin right that was it that was it nobody pampering him nobody this and that he, and then one night they were shooting late and nobody had a lot of food so he bought food for everybody right. on set he bought food for the crew you know because um, it was like late super late shoot um, yeah. but it's just very different Americans are very appreciative of having a job as an yeah. actor because it's very hard to get a job as an actor so they were just happy to be in Malaysia they were happy to be shooting a lot of them had never been to Southeast Asia before they were just taking it all in but they were really into the scripts and making even though the script was I mean it was okay could have been a little bit better you know whatever the case is but they really tried to make it the best they could with what they had mm-hmm. um and the Chinese actors were good as well. I mean, they were trying to learn English, yeah. you know. <laughs> I mean, bless yeah. their hearts. I know that yeah. situation. It's not easy. Not easy at all, speaking in technical terms and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, but it was it was a very, very interesting, like, even for my character, I was the captain of the plane, and I had very little to say, and my co-captain, my co-pilot, and, my, and the lead actress who was below me in ranking was talking all this stuff to the, you know, like, and I said to the director one day, I said, after rehearsal, I said, you know, I understand she's the lead actress, and I understand that she's the star of the movie. I said, but you know, I die a quarter of the way in the film. I said, right. but I'm the captain of this plane. If anyone's speaking this way to certain people, it would be my character. Exactly. And he's like, yeah, but she's. I said, yeah, but if she's always here, she has nowhere to go as a character. If she starts low and goes up, and she now has to take over the plane after I die and take over everything, she has an arc. He's like, oh yeah, you're right. Okay, okay, okay. So then they brought in the script writers and they changed some stuff. So, I mean, these are the things I worked on. But overall, it was a fun experience. We had such a blast shooting it. The movie was... I I mean, everyone put a lot of work into it. But, I mean, the movie was... It is what it is, you know? I'm not going to say... But we we laughed about it because, you know, seeing these mutated cats... Because we never really saw the mutated cats. We never saw it. We were just playing make-believe, you know? I think the graphics were... Well, not the best. I With the say. budget, yeah. it's very hard to do. If you have a yeah. $50, 100000000 million budget, you can make these animals look as real Go as... Go watch it be. yourself. It's called Lost in Pacific. Yeah, Lost in Pacific. You can find yeah. it online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's on your... <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, I can't believe you watched that. Oh. Yeah, hey, but were you in uh, Crazy Rich Asian? Huh? How was that? That was cool. That was cool. I was... Um... You're getting... Now that there are a lot of like some co-productions like in Singapore, then... It's, it's like an opportunity for you to be casted in like big shows, right? It was you know? funny, yeah, how that came about because, um, I mean, I, I knew Henry got the, the, the role. Yeah. And uh, so then I got a call one day and they said, uh, 
hey, they want to see you for Crazy Rich Asians. I said, huh? I'm, I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because the movie's basically, it's all Asian cast. Yeah. They said, no, 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 but there's um, some smaller parts, whatever. I said, okay. So I went in, and the first role I read for was a 50-plus-year-old British hotel manager. And I said, okay, here Sorry, we go. Yeah. Fighting spiders bring ducks, old right? Old British man. Uh-huh. Fighting spiders bring ducks. So I'm thinking, okay, Hollywood film, old British man. Uh, all right. I thought, you know what? Just go in there. Do it the best you can. Age is one thing. It doesn't make a difference. So I went in there, and I read for it. And then they're like, okay. Then they, then they call me back a few days later. They said, well, we read for another role. I said, so what role is this? A 20-plus-year-old college student. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, wow, man, I got range, huh? I said, I'm blessed, but I got range. So I went in again, and I read for a college student. Then I read for Rachel's assistant, because mm. uh, she's a professor. And then I read for both those roles. So then I said, okay. And then they called me back in again to read for the college student, uh, for, the, no, for the assistant. I said, okay. And I was like... Uh, all right. So I ran in there again. And then they said they want to give me another part, which was like a one-line part. Literally okay. a one-line part. And I was a bit like, I mean, as an actor, you're kind of like, I went in for all these auditions for all these roles. Like, why didn't I, was I not good enough that I, you know, this is what goes in the mind of an actor, right? right? For sure. So anyway, I, I first said no. I said, no, thank you. It's okay. You know, I mean, I'm not, it, one line is, you know, I read the, the, the way the scene was written and I said, you know, it's pretty much going to be forgetful. I said, yeah. no, whatever. Then uh, I told manager, they told the production and they came back. They said, no, they really, they know it's small. They really want you. The director really wants you and the producers want you for this role. I said, okay. And then she's like, look, just do it. It's a few days. It's a good experience. I thought, okay, why not? So I went there and, uh, you know, then you realize, okay, the producers are from the Hunger Games, and you know, Jacobson, and you got all these pe- people. Then you got John Chu, who's done some great films. And, like, okay, so we get there, and we're rehearsing that day. And this is, and I haven't been on a Hollywood set in a long time, right? Mm-hmm. We shot this in Kale, by the way. So we made, I, this, was, this, this scene was in New York yeah. in the beginning of the film, but we used a, they used a bar in Kale, and they converted it to New York bar. Yeah. Phenomenal. When you see it on film, you're going to be like, that's Kale? Like, wow. I mean, they did an amazing job. So okay. John's like, okay, look this is your role, but I want you to do this. So we start ad-libbing and improvising. And then, uh, then you got Constance Wong there. I'm, I'm playing with her character a bit. And she's so hot. She's cute. She's cute. So she's, pretty. she's cute. Yeah. She's a pretty girl. Pretty girl. Okay. So we're at Kale. They converted this bar in Kale to New York bar. And they had all these extras, all these models and all these guys that are like, like African-American, Hispanic, white. So it really looked like a bar in New York. Mm. So the scene on paper is one line, you know, it's like, uh, Oh, I think it'll, the line was like, uh, It'll be your. T- it'll be. It'll be yours next time, or something like that, to her. Because basically, the scene is I get uh, I, I get awarded the fellowship mm-hmm. as as a professor, so I get promoted. She doesn't. Okay. And um, so you know, and then John was like, you know, at first it was like uh, well, this guy's kind of he wants to be the bigger than life kind of the guy everybody loves. His name is Andy. He calls him fucking Andy. Fucking Andy, you know? Like, this guy, everybody loves him. He's like, ah, you know? He's like the, the guy's guy kind of thing, you know? Like, the ones that don't like him because he just, because, you know, it's that kind of character. So, play with her. I did a couple times, and he's like, okay, now I want you to do this to Constance. I want you to do this to her. Just to throw her off down, but also to improvise it. And all of a sudden, the scene became a lot bigger right. than what one line was. Now, I don't know how it'll be edited, I don't, you know, during yeah. time, but it was such a great experience. But for me... I was glad to do it, uh, 
but I was more happy for Henry Golding than anybody else, than myself, no. because he's a good friend, but also I was so happy that here's an actor who, I was basically a host, but now an actor, who really just, you know, uh, he's from this part of the world. How he got this job, this is a Amazing story, uh, which is not <laughs> for me. To, shot of a miracle. It, it is, but he he worked hard for he worked hard for through, went through the process, and it's his story to tell, not mine to, to say it. But I was so happy for him, and it was his first day on set as well. So it was kind of oh, cool nice. that we got to do that. So I was more happy for him than for me. But I was, but the producers and the director were so appreciative after like, hey, thank you so much for doing this. We know it's a That's small part. They nice. said we know it's a very small part, but thank you for coming in and doing this. Yeah. Um, and it was really a cool experience, man. It was really a cool experience. Yeah, but I wasn't. We couldn't take pictures. I, at first, you wasn't allowed to say they were in a film, but then some of the the Singaporean actors decided to post photos and stuff like that. Some did, some didn't. Um, but I was. They said at first, don't mention, don't talk about it to anybody. Don't mention it on social media. You can't post photos. But now can you see stuff? Well, it's fine now. When, when coming, is the movie coming? I think it's coming in February, if I'm not mistaken. It's quite soon already. Yeah, it's almost soon. done. It should be done. Yeah, I think it's quite exciting. Though. Yeah, it's quite exciting. I think it's great for the uh, the Asian American and just Asian you know markets. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Now it's quite cool because like the whole like. You know, with like ghosts in the shell and like mm. you know, like the whitewashing of roles, it's becoming quite a big thing. It is. It is. I mean, yeah. I, like I it was funny. I was talking with someone from MM2 when I were at an event, and I said, you know, I said I know that the, the China's wants to bring the Hollywood people in to do a Chinese film. Sometimes to bring, you know, yeah. it helps with block the block. It helps with the the, bar, the bar, it helps with the box office numbers. <laughs> Could get the numbers. It helps with the box office numbers, etc. But I said, you know. In America, they expect Asian actors, Chinese actors, to come over to America to speak English. Yeah. Why is it that we don't expect American actors to come to China and speak Mandarin? Yeah, exactly. That is the problem. And that is something that I said, I would love to do a feature film in Mandarin. Love to do it in Mandarin. Because Can you speak Mandarin now fluently? No, Like basic, fluent. right? It's basic, not an easy basic. language to pick up, right? I find it easier than Malay. And really? No way. I mean, the phonics and everything is closer to... I mean, Malay no. is closer to English. I, right? I, find, I find Mandarinese because... Are you learning Bahasa, Bahasa now? A little bit, but uh, honestly, yeah, I find it much easier. Everyone said, oh, Malay is so much easier than I started learning. I said, actually, Mandarin is easier. Really? Because it's so radically different that you are forced to learn because it's so different. And because there's no past or future or... It's just one way. Yeah. One sentence structure, that's it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to read characters, but Han Yupinian. Yeah. But I mean, once you get the tones, you know, work on the tones. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that. Uh, I mean, uh, Mandarin I find is a little bit easier for me. But I would love to do a film all in Mandarin. It would be. You should. I would tell if you could if you could host in Chinese. Well, that was that will be the connecting point. Like yeah. that's when they realize that. This guy is not just an American. Yeah. You know, he's like he's here. Yeah. He belongs here now. Yeah. yeah I think that, that's really the Yeah. If you can if you can do it. No, I, I actually was thinking about easy, I was thinking about it a couple weeks ago to go back to my Laos shirt and just to start yeah. taking lessons again. Because it's a shirt. Yeah, yeah. It's cause uh, you know, it's been a while. I mean I I was doing it when I was doing the Channel 8 dramas, but then when I stopped I just started just using whatever yeah. I retained and you know my daily basis and stuff. But yeah. You should please do it and yeah. brush up on your Chinese and yeah, yeah do like a Chinese show. It'd be fun to do, man. Yeah, we could we could use you in some of our videos in Chinese. That'd be fun. Yeah, we'd be fun. Yeah. 
Yeah. Really fun to do. I think it's good. I've always thought like Chinese would be right for you. Yeah. If you could do yeah. it, then you have a market in Singapore, in Malaysia, in Taiwan. That's true. You will have it because the number of the number of Caucasian hosts that can present in Chinese is minimal. And the ones that I've seen in Taiwan that I feel they don't look good. Yeah. Yeah. So you look good, you know. And then, well, still, I'm hoping. Knock on wood. Please, lah, you freaking Chinese. Please, do, yeah, you have no right to complain about the way you look. You're yeah, like one of the most good-looking guys. I no, no, no. Yeah. So you can make a girl blush just by hug- hugging them. Yeah. I've seen. Anyway, yeah, so I was thinking like, you really should do a Chinese. If you are, I'm sure there'll be a lot of stuff you can be pushed. Yeah, I like, yeah. I like, to, I like to do it. Yeah. I should do it more. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, before we wrap it up, mm. let's talk about... What's the one I talk about? Oh, like, you know, like, you are considered, like, a foreign... You left your country mm. to pursue, like, a career, like, acting career elsewhere. Would you recommend that to people? I mean, all in all, was it a good experience? And You know, a lot of Singaporeans are thinking, like, a lot of artists now, moving to China, <coughs> people want to go to Hollywood. Uh, I know a few that are in Hong Kong. Um mm. Yeah, you know, and I've been to Taiwan for a short while. I remember, so yeah. It's not a, it's not easy, man. It's, but you know, really not easy, man. It's not easy. Um, I wouldn't have gotten the experience I would have gotten in America. I mean, who knows? You know, I, I, I don't know what it would have been like for me in America mm-hmm. acting, but all the experiences I got here, to act in foreign languages, do radio, learn how to be an MC, all these things, I never would have done those in America I can that I can say uh, maybe I would have got lucky and been on a TV series who knows um, but uh, you know I think Singapore is a very I put it this way Singapore is a very safe society uh, Lee Kuan Yew and the forefathers of Singapore really created a, an amazing country mm-hmm. but it's but what has happened over time is that Singapore has become this safety bubble it's this utopia. Yeah. And I think a lot of the younger people here, they might read what it's like to be in another country, but it's different than reading and watching a video on YouTube than living it. And I would recommend anyone go out and struggle, fail. You have to fail. If you want to succeed, you have to fail. You have to know what it's like to not be under your parents' roof. You have to know what it's like to earn rent. You have to know what it's like to have 20 bucks in your pocket to last you five to six days. You have to know what it's like to say, I don't have the money for a train, so I have to walk. As an actor, as a starving actor or an artist, you have to learn these things because these, these experiences make you a better actor. Nobody, it's funny, I see people sometimes they want to act like, okay, just your basic example. If you're in a scene, you have to smoke a cigarette and you've never smoked a cigarette in your life. Yeah. How are you going to act like you know, you've been smoking for 10, 20 years? Yeah. You wouldn't. You couldn't. Yeah, you now, I'm not saying don't pick up a cigarette and smoke for 10, 20 years, but you should at least have it go through life, experience yeah, things, yeah. try things. I would say do like smoke cigarette for like a month, I would say even. Yeah. Because just, you, don't, you don't learn smoking with one stick. No, it doesn't you work don't. that way. You, know? you don't. It's the, the whole experience. It's, I, was, I was just having this experience in an acting class, right? Mm the one that I was talking to yeah. you about. Uh, one of the actress actually asked, like, you know, like, a, a question about method acting, you know, like, uh, like, you know, how do I, like, you know, how do I play a role if I'm being raped? And, you know, like, how do I, I don't have the experience and everything. Right. And, and, and the instructor actually said, like, um, 
uh, like, no, you don't need all the experience. You don't need to be raped to, you know, yeah. you use your imagination and, and, you know, creativity and stuff like that, which I agree to sure. a certain extent. But in my mind, I was thinking that, like, but you need some sort of an experience, you know? Sure. Have you had, like, an abusive boyfriend? No. Have you ever been forced to do something that you don't want to do? It doesn't have to be physical. Have you put yourself in, like, have you had experiences like that, you know, sure. whereby, whereby it's uncomfortable or... And, and, and I realized a lot of issues about the actors that we have, like in Singapore mainly, and I would say even Malaysia, is that we don't have enough life experiences. We are so True. safe. True. Um, we don't try things. We don't smoke, you know. And I'm not saying smoke, smoke, <laughs> smoking is good for you, you know, but, but experiencing life is you important. Need, Having yeah. relationships is important, good ones, negative ones, uh, uh, you know, like with your parents, with, with friends, with get, being betrayed and then going through sickness and, 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 and trying to make rent and, and all these are living in a different country, trying to backpack the world in six months and all these are experiences that will make you a better actor. You have, I've seen actors, they have their language, they have their skills, they have their technicality, but they, they, they don't have the ability to create something real because they don't have that. They don't have the experience for you to build on. It's because the, the, the culture is to be afraid, is don't fail. Don't yeah, fail. Don't, don't fail. fail. Don't, don't fail. fail. And you have to fail. But, you know, as an and actor... be fearful. Yeah, but as an actor, I mean, I think... You, like you said, in history, you don't have to be raped, you know, yeah, to, to go through that, you know, or yeah. go through abusive relationship. But what you can do is you can read, you can, yeah. you know, you can watch interviews of rape victims that go through this and listen to their words, or exactly. you can research about it. So, and that's part of the creating that make-believe mind, and that's when you get into that whole sense memory thing. So you kind of put yourself into that era, you know, that that that, that, that you put yourself into that moment, because at the end of the day. The audience doesn't know what you're thinking. They just know you're thinking something. Yeah. It's up to you as the actor to fit that into the scene. Yeah. So I think that because, and also method acting in Singapore is very hard to do because the culture on the set is not conducive to method yeah, acting. Yeah, it's not. It's a very much a churn them, churn them, churn them, churn them, churn them thing. And because of the time and not because of budget. All, not all. No, not all. Because, but also because of time and budget. Yeah. Let's put it this way. We don't have $20 million budgets for, for, sure. a, for, a, for a series here. Where you can sit and be in a trailer and you can be in your own world. And you can someone can call you by your character and you can walk out, do your scene and go back in and, and just seclude yourself. You don't have that. You have to bounce around. You have to move around. You have to be able to be more uh, uh, flexible. Uh, but, I mean, I do think that actors, they need to get out there more. And, you know, I think that they got to learn. I think more than actors. I think any Any, any director, artist, artist writer, they got to get out there. Any artist, you know, singers, uh, dancers, any, anything that, if you're trying to tell a story, if you're trying to express an emotion, then having your craft and technicalities are just not enough. Mm. You, just, you really need to have a perspective in life to share that perspective, if not. What's the point? There's yeah. no point in like acting like just like two-dimensional, happy, sad, and it's just a puppet. There's, there's nothing. There's no value in it. No. The value of like actors and artists is, is sharing emotions, right? And your own unique emotions. And if your you, emotions are not unique, like you don't have enough experience to share, there's no value in your work at all. At all. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm serious about that. Then yeah, you're sure. just creating... That's the difference between like decoration and art. Right. So, do you want to be an artist that's a decoration, or do you want to be an artist that that creates? But you art? know, what, you know, also what affects that? Yeah. Social media. Yeah. Because, How so? 
Now it's you go see all these. It's all about looking good. It's all about this. It's all about materialist. It's all about yeah. presenting yourself to be flawless. Yeah. But that's nobody wants to see flawless on camera. It's boring. I, to be honest with you, in a picture, it's fantastic. It, I would say depends on the picture. But yeah, you know, it's like picture, yeah. it's like some of these these Korean these Korean actors, which Korean Korean has some very good actors, right? But some of them nowadays, I think the older actors were more unique and had character. Now, I don't know who's who. <laughs> You know, yeah. because, no, but it's, it's, because it's, they're all carbon copies. But but the thing about it is, beauty has an expiry date. Not just like the age of a like a guy or a girl, but like if I keep seeing like like you know Angela Baby, right? Like mm. she's like the most beautiful, right? Like she's gorgeous, right? But when everybody starts looking like her, and then give it another two three years, nobody wants that anymore. Even in China now, they are casting girls because they haven't had plastic surgery, which is good. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's that's just, what you want. Yeah. And because they, that has become the norm. So what I'm saying is that Instagram and Facebook and everything, they're all still relatively new. So people are still attracted by like pretty things, you know. But mm. once that become a norm, once you don't want to see that mm. anymore, like there's a limit to that. And yeah. they, they, they start asking for more. And I think that's what we are seeing now. Like they, they want more even for content creators. And then we look at like night hour cinematics. Mm. Uh, look at all the young YouTubers. They are used to do skits that are two-dimensional and just slapstick. But now they are transforming into stuff with substance as well. Oh, because good. they I are mean, growing. The important. audience are growing. And the whole digital platform is growing. It I'm is. Sure. It's, it's yeah. growing. It's just, it's just about now making it accessible yeah. for people to find it. Because yeah. if they're I, just trying to find the, the format, lah, I would say, especially you're talking about the major players, like the big players, trying to find their way into distributing their content on the mm-hmm. online space, right? Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, yeah, it's acting. I yeah, I think these, you know, I see a lot of young actors that have potential, but you gotta, you got you gotta really, you know, you gotta learn your craft. And, and Singapore doesn't teach a lot of television acting and film acting, screen acting, yeah. screen acting. They yeah. tell they they have theater. Which is great. Yeah, we and have that's a great, pretty strong theater. It's a very strong theater. Very talented uh, actors and directors. But there's a very big difference between acting in theater and acting on a film. For sure. You know, I've seen a lot of um, theater actors flop on, on screen. Because it doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't, play, yeah, it it doesn't work that way. No, it's it not like an immediate switch. You need to learn the, another it's, set it's of It's a different skills. craft, yeah. 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 yeah, but I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting to see where we move on from here. It's going to be... Uh, exciting five, next five years is going to be very exciting. It will be. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I really hope you can do more stuff online, for sure. Love to do more stuff, yeah. It's just, uh, you know, right now it seems to be more that the trend in Singapore is more looking at younger artists, you know, the 20s and no, 30s. No, 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 no. Don't, you know? I don't. I don't believe that. I just, just do it now. No, no, don't I'm just saying like that. in terms of, but that's what... That's what's attracting the likes and the yeah, followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the for young, sure, you for know, sure. someone like me and my, I'm 42 now. All right, I'm 32 and I'm old. I'm, I'm like the up. If you're old, then I'm, I'm Gandalf. Then uh, you know what am I? <laughs> but uh, no, it's t- it's tough. It's tough yeah. to bring in a, a younger audience in. It's matter. It's not bringing in a younger audience. It's about it's chicken and egg. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation with Devin as yeah. well. Like the older audience are not online, not watching YouTube and stuff because YouTube because there's no content for us. So does the content begin first or does the audience begin first? Mm. Nobody's creating content because nobody's watching. But nobody's watching because there's no content. Mm. So someone has to, it has to begin somewhere and it has to, if you wait for it to happen, you're slow. But you know what the thing about, you, first, you know what the you thing about YouTube hasn't done yet? This is just getting into a tech aspect of it yeah. that Netflix has is they haven't categorized things the way that you can find on Netflix. 
If I want algorithm, no. With the, the way shows are like, if you're looking for shows, you have to know Nat Al Cinematics. Wow. You need to know Cheap Potatoes. If you don't know them, you'll never find it. Yeah. But if I'm looking for dramas, if I'm looking for comedies, if I'm looking for that's a good point. You know, I'm looking for tech. I'm looking for categories like Netflix has, or, and then you and Amazon or whatever the case is, or Apple TV. They need a better way of categorizing. They do, and, and they don't have that yet. It's just kind of everything's out there. But they have so much. Have, but, but the thing is, they have everything out there, and they have categories. Yeah. But it's not. But you got it's not hold, optimal. Right? It's you know it's not optimal. But it's very yet. hard because like it's not like Netflix whereby you just like there's a, you know what is coming into your catalog. It's YouTube is like people are uploading it so quickly that like it's it's hard like, I, Yeah, I Netflix does take hard. in, take out, take in, take out. I mean yeah. they do rem- but there needs to be a better way to find yeah, content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. You because know? a lot of times like I just don't know where and what to watch. Like if I want to yeah. watch drama series, I want to watch T V series, right? Uh or I wanna say I want Singapore TV series or I want uh, yeah, cool, yeah, you yeah. Know, like filters, lah. You need filters, yeah, but you point. need channels to where you go in there and yeah. you actually can find it. And that would help content creators, so they can at least have a platform. Where they say, okay, my stuff is in this category. Yeah, you know, versus just go on YouTube and search night out cinematic. I think that will help. Uh, they, they need to move towards like really. Like for the older audience, like we really need like a bit more structure in in their platform, for sure. But everybody needs structure. Everyone does. Yeah. I mean, even young people, like they they know these names, but sooner or later they're going to be like us, and they're not. They're only going to know this set of names, yeah. and then after that they're going to forget. They're not going to know who these yeah. young people are. Yeah. So it, it's about content develop, uh, content providers to also give that that, that make that you know you got to think about your old audience and your new audience. Interesting. Yeah, mm. I think that's that's right. But. We'll see how. Okay. Okay. Done. All right. Thank you. Let's go have lunch. All right. Cool. If you have enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Uh, you can also find me at Andy Chen, A-N-D-I-E-C-H-E-N on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.